Hello everyone, welcome to In Conversation with Lisa Burke and today we're going to talk about science, in particular the Science Festival, one of my favourite, favourite topics and I'm so sad that I won't be in Luxembourg for the Science Festival this year. Nonetheless, we're going to talk about it and with me to talk about it are Patrick Michaeli, who is the Director of Communications and Public Relations at the National Museum of Natural History, and Jean-Paul Bertemez from the FNR, Head of Science and Society for the Luxembourg National Research Fund and the Chief Editor of Science.lu. Welcome to you both. Aliza. It's really, really lovely to have you both here. And just to give an introduction to you both, Patrick, you've been the Director of Communications and Public Relations at the National Museum of Natural History since it reopened to the public in 1996 passionate about natural history and natural sciences and how to share your curiosity and the rich collections of the museum with the public. You also understand that at a time of unavoidable climate change, and of course we're sitting here in COP26 week, and its unpredictable consequences on biodiversity, that the Natural History Museum must occupy a central role in cultivating understanding of scientific research in Luxembourg and the greater region. You're a biochemist by training and a former newspaper correspondent for scientific subjects. Thank you for being with us here at RTL today, Patrick. Yeah, I'm very glad to be here, Lisa. It's great to have you here. Jean-Paul, now Head of Science and Society for the Luxembourg National Research Fund, FNR, and the Chief Editor of Science.lu. And for those who don't know FNR, it's the main funder of research activities in Luxembourg and also has a mission to promote science to the public. Jean-Paul, you studied chemistry and German literature, which is really quite a fascinating combination, and worked as a journalist and science journalist for various media outlets in Germany and Luxembourg, such as Geo, Die Zeit, Spiegel Online, RTL, in fact, Luxemburger Wort, etc. You joined FNR in 2011 as science communicator and became head of science and society back in 2017. During the COVID-19 crisis, you were part of the COVID-19 task force involved with science communication activities such as explainer videos, background information articles, policy briefings, interviews, press conferences, etc. So lovely to have you here as well. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. You know I'm passionate about science, so it's wonderful to talk about this. Patrick, turning to you first of all, tell us about the origins of the Science Festival. Yeah, so this year we will have already the 13th edition of the Science Festival. And you have told that I'm working in the museum since now 25, uh, 27 years even. So I have begun before the first edition of the Science Festival, which happens in 95, within the uh, European uh, Cultural Year here in Luxembourg. The first Science Festival was indeed, it was a big fair. I'm still impressed when I'm looking back because, yeah, we have had a very large exhibition called Megabox about insects and around this exhibition was the science festival so it was an idea from the former director of the museum Norbert Stomp who has seen it and copied it from the Edinburgh Science Festival which is one yeah, a very famous science festival and the first science festival in the world when there are nowadays hundreds thousands of science festivals 
most are copies of this Edinburgh uh, Science Festival. And the major idea of the director was to promote the science within a museum too and to show to the public what is done in a museum because at this time museums were considered as very boring places. And he was yeah, the first one uh, here in Luxembourg who has seen some potential in the museum and to show yeah, museum can be a very good instrument to communicate science to the public. So he created all these clubs we have now and so that was the origin. And it's not just a science festival where you have activities but it's also what one might call a science fair where certain organizations showcase themselves and the work that they do. Yeah, that's right. So it's a place for everyone. It's a place for science communicators uh, to show what is science, what different uh, disciplines are existing in science, how even younger or older people can do something with science, what is science about. But it's also a place where scientists and researchers can present their own research projects to the public. It's for everybody, but it's also from everybody. And that is, I think, a very interesting thing and unique for a science festival. Yeah, well, actually, nowadays, you've touched on two things there. One is that citizens can become part of science. There's a lot of citizen science out there, lots of apps that we can take part in, whether it's counting birds in our garden or, or whatever it may be. And the other thing is that the activities bring people together. And museums nowadays are far from boring. The greatest museums in the world really cater to all ages. And I think they've had to do that in order to keep getting people through the doors. In fact, often you find in the rainier countries, the museums get better and better because it's more of an inside life rather than an outside life. Now, Jean-Paul, when did the FNR join? The FNR joined in 2003 to help to finance the event, so as a funder, but also as co-organizers. So it's Patrick and Sandrin who are doing most of the job, but we are involved in all different steps of the organization. When we want to promote the exchange between scientists and uh, society, we have four different pillars. So we offer events. Those are exchange platforms, we call them. So where we allow researchers to meet the public, for example, like the science festival, where they can show their research in hands-on workshops to the public. But we also organize web and media platforms like Mr. Science on television and on radio or Science Value. And we also offer funding and a training, training for researchers on how to do science communication, for example, but also for educators and teachers. Science Festival means a lot to us. I mean, it's the biggest science event in Luxembourg. And as we have the mission to promote science to the public, uh, this is a very good way to do so. So there are about 10 to 12,000 people in a normal edition that come and discover science, discover what the researchers are doing, what the science communicators can share their passion about. And so they really can engage with each other. So at the Science Festival, a big advantage of such events is that the researchers don't simply talk to the public and show what they're doing, but they also get feedback, they get questions, and so they answer to those questions. And so that's, that's very good for them to also know what society is thinking about their research. And this, this two-way of engagement is, uh, is very interesting about such events. 
Yeah, and I think I, I, I would add something. So it's a discussion between the public and researchers, but it's also a discussion afterwards, after the festival, after families come home inside the family, where parents are talking with their children about what they have seen, made on the festival. Yeah, it's, it's more active. They have lived something together. Very important to have this interaction also afterwards in the family. It's a tangible, hands-on experience. Yes. Just thinking about that tangible experience, I know that my daughters still have wonderful tote bags that they made, which took a long time when we were just, you know, literally bashing leaves. I don't know if you remember this experiment yeah. from a few years ago. There was one section of the Science Festival where people had stones. That was at the Panda Fest or the Museum Fest, uh, fest we have in, in September, I think. Yes, okay, uh, it was this one. Perhaps. Sorry, I'm getting confused. It's the same with- thing. So it's uh, always uh, workshop. <laughs> This, uh, in this case, it was an, 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 a workshop from our botany uh, department. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you can do with, with leaves and to, to remember perhaps the forms of some leaves. You know, nowadays there are only very few people who are knowing more than five species, different species of plants or of, of trees. So that's an, a very fine exercise to train your memory about, about this doesn't need to be always very difficult and too very complicated. Even a very easy experiment can, can lead to, to, to something uh, very great, a great passion about something. It doesn't need to be uh, very complicated. Yeah, it's just like a light, a light bulb yeah. of, a, of a thought. Yes. Well, let's talk about this year's science festival, then the dates, how people can register and when schools can go, when normal citizens can go. Yeah. So the science festival is always for four days. Uh, we have two school days, always on uh, Thursday and uh, Friday. And the weekend is for the larger public. For schools, so we have always a call for schools in, in September. You are very astonished this time that over 400 school classes have uh, registered to come to the science festival. It was our a big fear for us because we didn't know how teachers and school classes will react to our call because of COVID. Huh? And we were very glad to see this, this number of school classes and this enthusiasm for science, I would say. Unfortunately, we can only take about 160, 180 school classes because of COVID, uh, not so large festival. There are uh, less uh, workshops than usually. Uh, normally, we have about 65 workshops. In this case, we have exactly 45. So there are less school classes. Every school class uh, has chosen three workshops. It's good for a morning and an afternoon to um, to come to the science festival. Weekend is other thing. It's another thing. So it's for the larger public. It will be a COVID check event too. It's not the case for school classes. But for a larger public, it's it's a must. You can register. We have four time windows, two on Saturdays in the morning and in the afternoon. Same thing for Sunday. Everybody can come. It's perfectly free. You have only to register on science-festival.lu. RTL Original Podcast. And just on a logistic note, is Saint Esprit parking still closed? Yeah, there is one parking. <laughs> uh, the next parking would be Saint Esprit. Unfortunately, it's closed too. So I would say go simply to the parking brasserie near Rive de Clausen. If not, there's a tram. 
sehr sambasses. One can always be ecologically friendly and yeah. environmentally friendly. Now, Jean-Paul, this is also, as you mentioned earlier, a chance for researchers to practice their science communication skills. And I can imagine, I remember what it's like to be in a lab. You don't always talk about what you're doing and often not to people outside of your world. So what do they get from this experience? I think for for them it's a very useful experience. As you said, researchers are not often not trained to talk to the general public, but they they are trained to do their research. And going out to the public sometimes in at the beginning they are they don't know exactly what they really experience and, and therefore also we offer training for them just to to prepare them a little bit on the questions that will come and on how to explain it to the general public. But even if they don't have this training, they they just go there. They will have the opportunity to share their fascination with the general public, but also to really engage with people and listen to their questions and then get their feedback. Yeah, so I think for them, it's a very interesting opportunity. And normally after that, they are really happy. And we must also add that a lot of the people who are preparing and demonstrating these activities speak a multitude of languages and English should be no problem. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. The researchers normally they speak in English, so for them it's not difficult to make the workshops in English. And uh, most of the workshops, they offer several languages. So that's also written on the flyer yeah. and you can see so which workshop offers which language. And the weather is also not an issue because even today <laughs> as we speak, you've been putting up a big tent. I looking every hour on my uh, weather app and... <laughs> I'm very optimistic about it because it will be a little bit cold, but no rain. That's okay. No, 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 no. As an ex-weather presenter, we're recording this a week before the event. I'm not quite sure you can trust your weather app for a week's time. <laughs> but, but I don't think it's important because... That's a probability because... of uh, weather forecast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, it's high too. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's and high. we will have a weather, a weather workshop. Yeah. Ah, well, there we go. There, yes, you were doing a tornado experiment today with fire. Yes. How did you do that? A tornado experiment normally is done with water. Yeah, we, we also do it with water. We do it also with air, simply air. And then we also are going to do a tornado with fire. Oh, That's, that uh, sounds in very a, exciting. In the workshop from Science of Dalio or Mr. Science FNR, yeah. Oh, I am so sad I'm not going to be there. But anyway, I'm so glad everybody else can be there. That's really, really good. Now, I know that in the local schools, the Luxembourgish schools, science isn't really taught until about the second year of secondary school, which is, in my opinion, so, so late. That's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm speaking to the converted here. I'm not going to go into a whole diatribe about how I think the educational system should change. I'm not going to do that. But you provide such an important platform to fill that gap in the young minds of potential future Luxembourg scientists, you know, with Science at LU, Mr. Science, with the museum and all of the activities you offer. And on top of that, tell us about the clubs that the museum offers. Yeah, so we have two clubs which are open to everyone. It's not really a club, but you can come whenever you you want. So we have for the younger people from six to ten, there's a panda club. So it's more about nature. They are doing some excursions outside. It's yeah, the first view on science too. And from the age of eleven, they are coming to the science club. So it's from eleven to eighteen. 
And there it's more a practical view to science. They are doing more uh, experiences. They are visiting labs, labs in the museum, but also at the university and to the research institutes. It's for everybody who wants to know more about science and what exists from science here in Luxembourg. Yeah, and actually just moving on from those ages, even moving up to adulthood, I know that the FNR has a funding pillar called PSP, Promoting Science to the Public, that is open to anybody to apply for. So can you tell us a little bit more about the PSP funding application process? Yes, PSP does mean uh, Promoting Science to the Public. It's a funding scheme that's open to everybody, so to private individuals, to ASBLs, institutions, teachers. Everybody can apply uh, who wants to uh, make a project that promotes science to the public. So it's about science communication, about science education. Grants, so you can apply is uh, up to 50,000 euros per year. Or PSP flagship is over three years and even higher budgets. Simply go on the FNR.lu webpage and click on PSP and you will see everything what you need in order to, to register. And that's thanks to the FNR and these programs because I have spoken at the beginning of from the first science festival and at this time it was very hard to get enough workshops from different partners uh, so it was very limited and it was thanks to the FNR in 2003 that all this new also in the new university and research institutes joined also with some labs to the science festival Yeah, and you fill a gap when it comes to the, the multitude of languages here in Luxembourg because the Panda Club, the science club that the museum offers is mostly, as far as I know, hosted in Luxembourgish, of course, to, to cater for the Luxembourgish school children, mostly on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons, also on Saturdays, which are very busy times for, for parents because it seems that every single club in the country is on a Tuesday or Thursday afternoon. But um, of course, they have French and they often have English too, but I know that some of the clubs that you support with the PSP pillar of funding, there are activities in English. The point being that you are giving this funding to many different language groups and, and that actually fills the gap because you can't do everything yourselves. So it requires other people to come in and help. Sorry, yes, I haven't, I haven't asked a question there. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm making a statement rather than right. that. <laughs> you're perfectly right. So it's not everybody who is working also in the museum it, um, is perfectly able to, to speak English. So I'm the best example. So, um, <laughs> But uh, we have already done some experiences with, with Portuguese languages. We have had an exhibition about minerals and we have had a Brazilian uh, mineralogist who has done uh, some fantastic guided tours in Portuguese. And so there is an, a large uh, community of Brazilians here in Luxembourg. Yes, so it are. was perfect for them. <gasps> are you yeah. suggesting there's a field trip potential to either Portugal or Brazil? Yeah. <gasps> Can adults join? <laughs> that's very exciting. Mineralogy in Brazil. In Brazil, yeah, adorable. that's. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sign uh, up. If I perhaps can add something to this. So, yeah, so it's very difficult in Luxembourg. We have so many people from different uh, cultural backgrounds, different uh, language backgrounds. So I think this PSP program that we have at the FNR allows us to really support activities, initiatives that really have one special target audience. And we need lots of different initiatives in order to tackle the different target audiences that we have. And uh, so PSB is a very good example of this, but also the Science Festival, because on the Science Festival, many of those actors are present. And so 
And Science Festival 2 is capable of reaching out to do very different target audiences. People might think about the Science Festival being just for young children, but that's not really the case because I know some of the stands have, as you say, well, many of the stands have researchers, but there's also Young Science Prize stands and a lot of the perhaps lesser known activities in Luxembourg. Yeah, what we have observed is for many workshops, uh, families are splitting. So there are uh, parents are beginning to discuss with the researcher about his career, about perhaps an upcoming career for their own children. Who's gone off to another yeah, stand what, to do what about, what about a career in research? Uh, what do we are thinking about? Should we uh, encourage our children to to do this? The children are doing their experiences on site. So, yeah, everybody is finding something over there experiencing with, with science, discussing. So it's what Jean-Paul said, contact between researchers and people. In the past, we have spoken a lot about the ivory tower of research, but science festival is the best example. That's not the case. You can come out easily from this tower and to meet people. It's a great satisfaction also afterwards for the researchers to see that um, they can speak about their own yeah, passion, about their profession, about their research projects with other people's like only peers. Modern researchers, they are very used to and they also want to communicate to the general public. That was perhaps less the case 20 or 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's very important also with such activities to reward their efforts in doing science communication. So I think a science festival is very rewarding because they get so many positive feedback from the children, from the parents, from all the people that come to visit. This is very important for the researchers that they, that they see that if they engage in such activities that they are also rewarded for that. And also they see the work that people like you end up doing because there's so many facets to any job or subject. And as you mentioned, science communication has become a really burgeoning field of study even. You know, you can study now to be a science communicator, not just study science and then become one, which is the path that both mm -hmm. of you have taken. So that's another field which one can plough. You mentioned the ivory tower of research. You were on the COVID-19 communications team to convert that science to the general public in many different ways. So you had to break that down. And I think because of COVID, in fact, perhaps the link between science, what's done, and its absolute instant effect on the general public has been evidenced more greatly. So your experience of the COVID-19 team, how was that for you? It was a very interesting experience. Uh, first of all, I think for science communication, it was finally a positive thing, because at the very beginning, I had always the tendency that I somehow needed to explain why science communication is important. I think this is not questions anymore now, after COVID. Now, during the crisis, it was very interesting in that sense that I, normally I'm very much in favor that everybody can talk about science and has a certain knowledge about science. Now, during the crisis, you realize that it's also very challenging if everybody talks about science because um, <laughs> then with all those different messages that circulate with all those false and right information with all the, the different studies that just uh, build up knowledge over time and everything is uncertain at the beginning and then gets a little bit more certain but still there are uncertainties this is a very difficult 
process for the general public, but also for the science communicators and for the scientists. So it was a very difficult task. I think the most impressive thing for me was to communicate the uncertainties and the probabilities, because it's all about probabilities, all the measures we take to, to fight against COVID. None of them is 100% sure for an individual, but it's all plays on a level of the, of the santé publique. And there it's about probability. So the, the vaccines, for example, they reduce the possibility to transmit the virus or to, to get it. But it's not 100% security. The masks either. There's a certain level of reduction on probabilities on the, on the level of the society. But for the individual, still there are some doubts. And I think this is very difficult for scientists uh, or for science communicators to explain. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know that sometimes scientists don't like to be interviewed because sometimes in interviews, I mean, this is one reason I like long form interview. On short form interviews, people want quick answers. Bam, bam, bam. Mm -hmm. They want really certainty and they want yes or no, black or white. But in fact, a lot of scientists will say, well, maybe this might, that might happen. The percentage of this is actually like weather forecasting in a way. <laughs> You're working on probabilities all the time. Any final thoughts for our audience? of listeners. Obviously, we'll put the link to the Science Festival of how they can register and come hopefully by public transport to avoid any parking issues. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience? I think during the last uh, year and a half, we have talked a lot about science. It was always very serious. And um, I think it's now it's the moment to to show that science can also have a community effect. So it's an invitation to come to science to see that there are many people who have and who are enthusiastic about science. And uh, it's for every age, for me, an, an invitation. Come, see, meet the scientists, the science, science communicators and enjoy science. And the final word to you, Jean-Paul. Yeah, I would also say just come to the Science Festival. I mean, we had lots of discussions, shall we do it this year or not? It was not so easy in the organization, especially you were, uh, one year back from, from now. Yeah, uh, because you've been of planning for a year. I mean, it's an enormous thing to undertake. So congratulations on that too. Yeah, thank you. But we thought it's worth to try it. And we are happy now that it's possible. As Patrick said, we talked a lot about science the last month. Here's the opportunity to meet scientists, to talk to them, to get their feedback and talk about various aspects of science. Uh, so just come and enjoy. And to get inspired. And I think we all need a day out. We really do. <laughs> Thank you both so much for your time. And I wish you a lovely, lovely weekend ahead and the very best of luck for the upcoming Science Festival. Thank you very much for the invitation. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Anything else you'd like to add? No. I think you're... It's the fourth pillar. Funding and training. Uh, just ah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you were counting. <laughs>